You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed. Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 130. Today's reading is from John chapter 8, verses 21 through 30. The Lord said to the Jews who came to him, I go away, and you will seek me and die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself, since he says, Where I am going, you cannot come? He said to them, You are from below, and I from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for you will die in your sins unless you believe that I am he. They said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, Even what I have told you from the beginning, I have much to say about you and much to judge. But he who sent me is true, and I declared to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak thus as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what is pleasing to him. As he spoke thus, many believed in him. I thought we'd begin today by discussing John in a broader context. So, Father, would you discuss how John's gospel differs from the synoptic gospels? And what are some of the main characteristics that set it apart? It's a great question to begin with here, Jason. And you're right, John's gospel differs significantly from the synoptic gospels. For those who aren't familiar, when we refer to the synoptic gospels, we're talking about Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it's for this reason that in the Orthodox Church, in addition to being called an apostle and evangelist like Matthew, Mark, and Luke, St. John is also referred to as a theologian. And is that because his gospel is more theological in nature? Yeah, that's, that's certainly the case that many theologians and scholars make, but I'd like to highlight three different aspects of his gospel that really differ from the synoptics. Sounds good. So uh, let's take them one by one. Uh, what's the first difference that you want to highlight? Well, I think the key difference is that in John, you move away from what we might call the historical Jesus as the central point of focus. And what I mean by that is in the synoptic gospels, the focus tends to be on Jesus of Nazareth. He's presented as a historical figure within human time and space. So, for example, you have Luke using specific historical events like a census to place Jesus within the plane of human time and history. And in John, on the other hand, Jesus is introduced as the Word, which is, of course, the language we and all biblical people use to talk about Scripture, about God's message or his teaching. And why is that significant? Because in John's gospel, the central point of focus is the message and teaching of Jesus itself, and not so much on the historical Jesus per se. And to be clear, I'm not saying that John is presenting it as though Jesus doesn't exist. What I'm saying is that the focus is not so much on the person of Jesus, but on his teaching, which is presented as God's eternal message. And of course, we can also argue the synoptic gospels present Jesus' teaching as God's eternal message. So it's not like these things are mutually exclusive. But in the case of John, the clear emphasis is more about the message continuing and carrying on even after Jesus is no longer with us in time and space. 
Perhaps the best example of this is when Jesus tells his disciples that it is better for them if he leaves so that the Spirit could come and lead them into all truth. So again, you really have the emphasis move from Jesus himself as a person to Jesus' message in John's Gospel, which is God's eternal message to us. And then the final thing to mention on this point is that we Orthodox Christians can see this emphasis on the teaching, because during Holy Week we hear this, most especially the service of the Twelve Passion Gospels that we read on Holy Thursday evening. The first Gospel, for example, taken from John, it's this very long Gospel reading multiple chapters that focus on Jesus' teaching and his disputes with the Jewish religious leaders of his time. So we see that, again, very clearly. John differs from the synoptics by focusing not so much on the person of Jesus, but on his eternal teaching, which comes directly from God. Okay, so we have this movement from Jesus as a person to the focus on his teaching. What's the second aspect of John that you wanted to highlight that differs from the synoptic Gospels? Okay, so the second point is related to the first, and like the first, it's not as though this theme is absent from the Synoptic Gospels, it's just emphasized more forcefully in John. And the second thing I want to highlight then is the constant play that we have of Jesus entering Jerusalem, having debates and conflicts with the leaders there, and then leaving Jerusalem to dwell out in the wilderness. And I think it's clear you have an allusion here to the story of the Exodus with Jesus crossing over the Jordan and residing in the wilderness where you have no protection except in the eternal protection provided by following God's law. So it's an allusion to the exodus, the crossing of the Red Sea, and being in the wilderness. But more to the point, we see Jesus most especially in observing the Jewish feasts, crossing back over and going into the city of Jerusalem. And when he does this, he inevitably ends up debating and arguing with the Jewish religious leaders about Scripture and God's law and how to best understand and interpret it. And this motif is stressed in John's Gospel to show that the message of God does not come from Jerusalem or the Jerusalem leadership or the trappings of institutional Judaism of the time. Rather, God's message comes from above and comes unto Jerusalem. And then obviously, as we will hear in the next book in Scripture, in the book of Acts, it spreads from Jerusalem unto all nations. But it's clear in John that the message and teaching of God does not begin in Jerusalem. It begins from above, and it comes down through us, to us, through Jesus, to the apostles and disciples, and through them to all nations. That makes sense, and I appreciate you pointing out the connection, even between John and Acts, uh, since in the final canon, John precedes Acts, so that in reading through the Bible, we go immediately from John to Acts. I don't think we we normally consider those types of connections like you said about Jesus preaching to and correcting Jerusalem, and only after that having the message spread from Jerusalem, uh, not as though it originated there, but as the first place to receive it. In any case, you mentioned that John is unique by focusing on the message rather than on the person of Jesus, and also that it is unique in its focus on Jesus coming to Jerusalem and having those extended debates and arguments with its religious leaders. What's the final aspect of John that you wanted to mention in comparison to the Synoptic Gospels? Okay, so the final thing I want to mention, it's important to keep in mind that most scholars consider John to be written relatively later than the Synoptic Gospels, is that in John you have an extended dialogue between Jesus and Pontius Pilate. And I stress here that John is relatively 
late gospel, chronologically speaking, because by the time John is written, you almost certainly have a division between Jews and Christians. What I mean by that is initially, Christians were seen as a subset, sort of what we might almost today call a denomination uh, of Judaism, and as such, Christians were initially protected by Roman law under the umbrella of Judaism. But after people realize that Judaism and Christianity are really different religions, then all of a sudden Christians are no longer protected legally under Judaism. And this is when you start to then have the persecution of Christians in the Roman Empire. And so this relates to John's gospel because John is emphasizing how the civil leaders also rejected Jesus and God's eternal message. In writing then to this persecuted group, John stresses Uh, using Jesus as a clear example that we should refrain from bowing down to the emperor or to the civil government and that our sole allegiance, should the two conflict, is with God and his message through Jesus Christ. I appreciate you highlighting these unique aspects of John's gospel for us today, Father. And I do want to conclude with something specific from today's reading. And in it, Jesus tells his hearers that, quote, You will die in your sins unless you believe that I am he. And also later, quote, I have much to say about you and much to judge. Would you discuss these issues of faith and judgment and how, if at all, they are related? Yeah, they are related. And I know I often sound like a broken record, but this is just the the fact that I have to face is that scripture, it just repeats itself over and over and over again. So I repeat myself over and over again, and and it uses different techniques and different stories, but the overarching theme of scripture is constant, and we can boil that down to one word, mercy. And mercy is what connects sin and faith and judgment in this passage from John chapter 8. And how so, Father? Well, today's reading was from John 8, chapter 8, verses 21 through 30. And this passage is an extension from the beginning of chapter 8, which was the famous story of the adulterous woman. In that story, a woman had been caught in the act of adultery. And so as the law of Moses prescribed, she was going to be stoned. And Jesus is asked about this incident and what he would do. And instead of condemning the woman, he bends down and starts to write into the ground with his finger. Just as we heard, I might point out, the finger of God wrote the Mosaic law onto the tablets of stone. But after Jesus finishes this writing, he looks up and he says, He who is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. And we're then told by John that those who were to condemn this adulterous woman became convicted by their conscience and they left. And when Jesus gets back up from writing some more, he sees there's no one left to condemn her. And so he also says he will not condemn her, but of course then tells her to go about and sin no more. And so to conclude, in today's reading, you're hearing Jesus teach those who would listen about this episode with the adulterous woman. And that's why he tells them that they will, quote, die in their sin unless they, quote, believe that Jesus is he. In other words, that they believe he is the Messiah of God, the authoritative teacher of God's eternal message. It's also why he says that he has much to say and much to judge. Although in an earlier chapter, Jesus said he did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Nevertheless, if we do not heed his message to apply the same mercy to others that God himself first gave us through Jesus 
and that Jesus offered to this adulterous woman, then we will ultimately be judged without mercy and condemned. And that's how all these things, faith, sin, judgment, are connected. They're connected by this concept of mercy. Thank you, Father. Today's episode began by discussing how John's gospel differs from the synoptic gospels. Father pointed out that a key difference is that John moves away from the historical aspects of Jesus and instead focuses on his teaching. We also see a movement of Jesus entering Jerusalem, debating with the leaders, and then leaving to dwell in the wilderness. This movement provides a clear allusion to the story of the Exodus. And this movement and the bringing of Jesus' message does not come from Jerusalem or its leadership, but from above, through Jesus and on to the apostles and ultimately to all nations. We also discuss the extended dialogue John presents between Jesus and Pontius Pilate. Here John stresses that we should refrain from bowing to the emperor or to civil government and that our sole allegiance is with God and his message through Jesus Christ. Finally, Father explained from our reading today in John 8 that our sin, our faith, and the judgment that we will face are all connected through mercy. The same mercy that God has shown us must be shared with others. Without this merciful approach, we ultimately will be judged without mercy and condemned. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, glory to thee, O God. Alleluia, 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 glory to thee, O God.